Thank you for tuning into the City Church California podcast. We exist for anyone to believe in God, to become who God created them to be, and to build the church and our city. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the latest message from our Sunday gathering. Today I'm very, very excited to introduce to us as a community of faith, we're going to begin to do a series on freedom, how to be free. And we're going to look at the letter of freedom, and it is the book of Galatians. And I want to ask you, if you will, uh, over the next four weeks, will you read the six chapters in Galatians? Because I don't want to just hear about freedom. I want to experience freedom. And I ask myself a question. I ask you a question. Is there any area of your life or my life or our life where we're not free, we're restricted, we're bound. I believe that's the very area that Christ died for to make us free, and I want to be free. Not only do I uh, encourage you to begin to read these six chapters in the next four weeks, I want you to begin to memorize, I'm going to give you in a moment, the key scripture. It's like when you come into the offices, you need uh, a key to get in, or some have the code, and that code is Galatians 2.20 and 21, and we're going to read that in a moment. Maybe you can memorize that. Maybe you say, well, I've never memorized a scripture. Now is the time to put something in our mind that we can be free. Also, we'll have a pop-up group if you need people to pray with you concerning your liberty. Over the next four weeks, we will have that as well. Normally, I don't do this, but a book that our communication team has been reading and, and I have read the book of Galatians probably at least 500 times, and it will set you free. But this book is unbelievable. It's written by Eugene Peterson, and it's called Traveling Light, and it's motivations on freedom, and it's taken from the book of Galatians. And I don't know about you, but when I travel, I want to travel light. Yeah. Have you ever met someone who's carrying heavy baggage in yeah. this journey? And I, I want to get rid of some baggage over the next few weeks as we dive into the letter of the book, uh, Paul to the uh, book of Galatians. Now, as you open up your book, uh, your Bible to the book of Galatians, I want to say this, Galatians is a manifesto of justification by faith producing freedom. I want to say that again. This book that we're going to begin to study, it's a manifesto. This letter is a manifesto of justification by faith, and that is is what produces freedom. Another way to say that, you and I are only free as we are righteous. Any area that I am not free, it is an area where I'm not believing right, believing in God right, believing what he's done, and that is going to be an area where I am restricted. Now, many say that this letter to the Galatians, this manifesto, this letter of freedom is the first letter that Paul wrote. Now, you must begin to understand something. The 
Jesus movement, or let's say it this way, Christianity began as a messianic, Jewish messianic movement. And the first believers that came to Christ were Jewish people who believed in Christ as the Messiah. But by the time Paul made his first missionary journey and went up to the region of Galatia, they had the same number of non-Jewish believers that joined this messianic movement believing in Jesus Christ. And the movement was based on this, that they were justified by faith alone and through faith. And you may say, well, what is justification? Justification, get this. I used to tell my boys this, just as if you never sin. And Jake would go, but dad, I did. I go, I know. And so did I. But justification online and here in the auditorium is just as if you never sinned, but you did. But it's just as if you never did. And when we are made right, not by achieving, but by receiving, we will experience freedom in every area of our life. And that's what this letter is about. Are you with me? And I don't, and look, come on. Have you ever seen Braveheart? You could shout freedom. We live in the land of the free and the brave. Sometimes we vote for this party or that party, hoping that they'll bring us freedom. And can I say freedom does not come by man or through man. It only comes by a divine act of God. I want to be free at last, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, I am free at last. Everyone shout out freedom. And that's what we want. And again, we're only as free as we are made righteous. Go with me to Galatians chapter 2. And we are going to begin to look at verses 20 and 21. And they'll put it up on the screen for you if you don't have your Bibles. And again, maybe you have your smartphone, use that. Or maybe you have a traditional Bible. Begin to bring your Bible to church because it will begin to, you see it, you read it, and it'll get into your mind. Now, this is the theme scripture of this letter of freedom, this manifesto. It says, Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, or a modern translation would say in the body, get this, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, let me just say this. You cannot love without giving. Some people give without loving, but if you love, you're going to give. It said, who loved me and gave himself for me. Is that not amazing? Now, verse 21 is very key. I do not set aside the grace of God. How would he do that? I do not set aside the grace of God. How would he do that? For if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. Are you with me? He says, if righteousness comes by us achieving it, then Jesus Christ died in vain. Now, I want you to know this. When it comes to experiencing Christ's righteousness and as a result, have freedom in every area of our life, it's like going on a long journey and you're driving in a car. And some people think that freedom is doing what you want 
with whomever you want, how you want, with no limits or any restrictions. Can I say, when you're driving your car and I'm driving my car, I could drive it into the ocean. I could drive it off a cliff. I'm free to drive my car anywhere I want to drive my car. I could even drive it into a building, but I also will be free to get injured by doing that. Are you with me? And, and so freedom in the dictionary, I want to read this. In the dictionary, they define freedom as as the power or right to act, speak, or think as one, who, uh, as one wants without hindrance or without restraint. Can I say right now, that is not freedom. That is an accident waiting to happen. Now, let me just say this. When it comes to driving on a long journey, there are two things that we need to keep in mind. And I love that Eugene Peterson titled this book, Traveling Light. Two things that you and I need to keep in mind. Number one, you have to in thank God for MapQuest. But before MapQuest, there was Map Becky. <laughs> And we, we went on our first vacation. It was a year after marriage. So it was 1987. And I did most of the driving, 99.9% .9 of the driving. We had driven from Colorado, Denver, and we made it to Arizona. I said, you know what? I'm a little bit fatigued. She goes, I'll drive. And so I had just began to fall asleep. And uh, I, I woke up. I was startled. She had fallen asleep at the wheel and was getting ready. She was free to sleep, all right? <laughs> and we are inches probably a couple feet from hitting the car in front of us in Phoenix as morning traffic had come to a halt. And I scream, Becky! <laughs> you know, and she slams on the brake. Then she starts crying. She goes, why did you yell at me? <laughs> and I said, because I'm trying to save our lives. Now, let me tell you something. As you, come on. Can I say, everyone, when they begin to think about the Bible and Paul's writing, can I say, he gets pretty intense. And he, he kind of gets angry. Why? Because they're messing with the roadmap to being made right. And that is the only way they will experience freedom. And it would be as if, if we decided to go to San Diego, and, and but yet Becky put in Seattle, Washington, and I'm trying to drive again against what the map is saying, it's going to cause conflict and confusion in our life. And I want to say right now, when you and I begin to add to justification made right by faith with trying and doing and doing and trying, we put in another destination and it brings confusion to our lives. And Paul's not going to have any of that. And he's going to actually get up and say, who's driving this thing, Becky? And you know why? Because he wants to save us from an injury and an accident in our faith with God. Come on. Are you with me? Now, a lot of people, when they begin to think about the Bible, they really think it's a behavior modification book on how to live life better. It is not. It is an epic story on God and his life and his freedom because you cannot have life without having freedom. So in the first two pages of our Bibles, we see that God created life. He gave them freedom with one restriction. You are free to eat of every tree in the garden except the one tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Then a couple pages later, they wanted like the 
dictionary, throws restraint, caution to the wind, and they got into the driver's seat. And I want to say the second thing is not only the map, but when I'm driving my life and not allowing God to drive my life, it is an accident waiting to happen, no matter if it seems pleasant and good and right. successful. Right. And Paul comes to adjust that type of yes. thinking. Yes. Are you with me? Everyone say, I, I desire, desire to be free. And so the goal of this series, I want you to think about this. The goal of this series is, number one, that we would be made right through Jesus Christ in faith in him. And as a result, we would experience freedom. And get this, and that the Holy Spirit would awaken within us. Lord, give that baby freedom right now. Okay, isn't it funny? People go, we want to be parents, and I'm going to be free. No, if you want to be free, never have a child. Come on. And some people say, I, I want freedom, but I want to be married. Uh, 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 uh. You want to be free? Then don't get married. Are you with me? Because when you accept Jesus Christ, it's like accepting someone to be your spouse. I always say the terms of endearment in our marriage is what's hers is hers and what's mine is hers. Her birthday money is all hers. My birthday money becomes her birthday money. Are you with me? Why? Because she's in the driver's seat. Are you with me? Now, can I just say this? Please get this. Many, many generations experiment with doing life apart from God or Jesus Christ. And whenever we take this sinful approach to living, which means I put myself in the driver's seat, yeah. I'm telling you my destiny and capacity, please get this, every one of us, every American, every person on this planet is born with the destiny and the capacity to be free. However, we have to do life with God and invite God into the driver's seat yes. of our life. And we do not achieve it. We receive it. Are you with me? Amen. And so I want to do this. Today, I want to read the first five verses of the book of Galatians. And that is going to be our introduction to this letter of freedom. And again, I want to know that I'm made right through faith. That's justification. And as a result, I want to be free. I will be free. And I have to say this again. I'm only as free as I'm made righteous. And it is possible, get me, to be free and righteous in one area of my life and be bound in another area of my life. I want to say it another way. Whenever my believing's off, my living will be off. And when my living is off, I become incarcerated. And there's only a one worse thing than being in prison. That's being living in a free land, in a free society, and living bound. And we cannot live free unless we have been made right by Jesus Christ. That is the road to freedom freedom. Can you say amen? Now, what I'm going to do, because some of you read your Bibles, a traditional Bible, but today I'm going to read these verses from my Bible app, because many of you do this as well online and here in the room. We're going to read the first five verses in Galatians chapter one, verses one through five. It says, Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. And all the brethren with me. I want to say that again. And all the brethren with me. I want to say that again. And all the brethren with me. We're going to get to that in a moment. There is no freedom without the community of faith. 
There is no such thing as you being free, isolated, and private. It takes a community that's authentic to see people free. Goes on to the churches of Galatia, grace and peace to you from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins. Recognize and underline this next phrase, that he might deliver us, that he might deliver us. That means rescue. This is where we get the thought that Paul is writing about freedom, that we're rescued, we're delivered, we're freed from this present evil age according to the will of God and Father to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. We're talking about a letter of freedom. Now, again, Galatians is the letter of freedom. It is a letter of freedom, and we're going to look at three phrases in this introduction. Number one, Paul is made. Number two, the brethren are with me, who are with me. And number three, grace and peace. Grace and peace. So Paul is made, the brethren with me, and grace and peace. And I love that it's what it says in Galatians. I want to go right back there and read this phrase to you again. It says that he gave himself for our sins. And the Bible proclaims that Jesus Christ died for our wrongdoing. And you know what the sin was? On the journey called life, we put ourselves in the driver's seat. And you see, life isn't always fair. Some of what we're driving, some may be driving a Jetta. Some may be driving a Maserati. Some may be driving, I don't know, a Volvo or a Mercedes. But can I say this? We all have the opportunity to call shotgun and allow Jesus into the driver's seat. And that's where righteousness and freedom begin. Now, so it says he gave himself for our sins. Why? That he might deliver us from this present evil age. I want you to think about that. It says that Jesus Christ died for our sins, not just to forgive us. Please hear me. He didn't die just to forgive us, but to deliver us, to rescue us from this present evil age. Now, in the Jewish mindset, when Paul wrote this letter of freedom, and please don't be taken back when you begin to read this letter, he's pretty intense. He's a lot like me when Becky's driving, and I scream, Becky, some of you may start crying, saying, oh, he's not being nice. He wants to save your life, all right? And so you must know this, in the Jewish mindset, they had two ages. One was the present age, then the other was the age to come. Did you get that? The present age and the age to come. And Paul clearly, in the beginning opening uh, introduction, he says that Jesus Christ died to rescue you and I from this present. Now, the Jewish mind would just say this present age. Paul adds a word, an adjective, and he said, no, it's not just the present age. It's a present evil age. And the evil isn't just the sins of the world. It's doing life on our own. It's doing life apart from God. It's experimenting. We have technology. We have progress. We have so many advancements. Come on. But our world still isn't free. And I don't want to experiment with my life. I want to trust God with my life. And I want his righteousness. And I want freedom. Can you say amen. 
I think that deserves a little bit of a hand clap. Becky was wanting to, okay? Online, you should just chat that right now. And so we're going to begin to see how can we begin to be made free? How can we be made free? Paul made brethren with me in grace and peace, grace and peace. Freedom, now I want you to please think this, uh, think about this, and you may want to write this down. Freedom is something that is happening to you and for you. Did you get that? Freedom isn't something you do. It's something that's happening to you right now and for you. Freedom is something that's happening to you and for you. Write this reference down, John 8, 32. It's a very, very famous uh, verse of Christ, and it's concerning freedom, and it says in John 8, 32, and you will know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Can you say that with me? You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Let's say it again. You shall know the truth, and the Okay, so that word know in the Greek, which they transliterated from Hebrew, isn't just knowing facts on how to be free. This, let me say right now, this series is not giving you facts on how to be free, but it's to know. And that word know is the most intimate Hebrew word. Remember, Abraham knew Sarah. Adam knew Eve. It is the most intimate interchange. So, and it's not having an intimacy with a truth, but the truth, Jesus Christ. And when you and I come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, we are made righteous, and as a result, we are made free. And freedom isn't something that I'm doing. Free, and people think that. They shout, I have freedom. I march, I have freedom. I do what I want, I have freedom. That's not freedom at all. That's like driving your car off a cliff. Freedom is having a relationship with God and trusting Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Okay. Now, I want you to go to this first word in, in phrase. He says, Paul, in some versions says this, Paul made to be an apostle. So I want to say that again, Paul made to be an apostle. Now, catch this with me. I want you to catch this. Then he says, not by man or through man, not by man or through man. Now, I want to begin to think about the word apostle. The word apostle, first of all, it means you have an invitation. Before you do anything, you're invited to come into a relationship with God. In Mark chapter 3, it says this, Jesus Christ went up to a mountain and he called or invited those he himself wanted. And then the apostles came to him. Then he sent them out to do things. Being an apostle is first receiving the invitation of God that you are accepted by by faith in Jesus Christ, then we are sent out to work and tell others about the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, I really love this. He says this, and I'm going to have you say this after me in a moment. He says, not by man, not through man, not through man, not by man. Let's say that. Say, not through man, not, through man. not by man. Not now, get this, you know what he's saying? Because I think sometimes people think this, I was just born, please get this, I was just born with an inclination to live a reckless life and not have freedom. 
Paul's not basing his freedom on his DNA. He's basing his freedom on God and God alone. You see, freedom is not man-initiated, woman-initiated, people-initiated, American-initiated. It is initiated by God. And Paul's saying, I didn't get it from a man. I wasn't taught it from a man. But I received further down in chapter 1, I received it by a revelation of Jesus Christ. You know what's going to happen in the next three weeks and even today? We are going to get a revelation of God Almighty. And you know what a revelation is? God is going to make himself known. And how can that be? God who is infinite, we who are finite. You said, what's the difference between infinite and finite? God is the numbers. We are the alphabet. Are you with me? Jake would say, I asked Jake one day. I said, Jake, what is the first letter? He goes, Dad, that is easy, I'd say. I said, Jake, what's the last letter? He said, that, Dad, that's so easy. He said, it's Z. I said, okay, Jake, what is the first number? He goes, one. Jude was sitting in the back like an old ancient sage. He goes, nope, nope, Jake, it's not one, it's zero. He goes, no, 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 it's negative one. I said, Jude, are you sure? Negative one is the first number? He said, Dad, I'm absolutely sure. I said, Jude, if there is a negative one, can there be a negative two? Can there be a negative a thousand? Can there be a negative million? He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, so you don't know the first number and you don't know the last number. God is the numbers. We are the alphabet. We have the beginning. We have a beginning. We have an end. But I want you to know right now, the number God infinite became a man, the alphabet, but he is still the alpha and the omega. And when we have a revelation of him, we will know true freedom. Come on. Are you with me on that? And I love chapter 2. He says, I went up. Say this with me. I went up. Say this with me. How? He went up by revelation. And what is revelation? God making himself known. Now, please get this. What had happened? Some authentic brothers came in. They spied their way in, and they began to add to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Remember, Christianity was a Jewish messianic movement. And they were saying, to maintain your righteousness, you start by faith, but then you have to add to it circumcision, Sabbath, dietary laws. And Paul comes in, and he uses this word in chapter 2, who has bewitched you? Who has put a spell on you? Who got into your map quest and put the total opposite direction. Having begun in the spirit, are you now going to try to complete it by your own self-effort? He says, God forbid, whoever preaches that, even an angel, let them be cursed because no man, no woman can be made right in and of themselves. Only God can make us right. Come on. Are you with me? Everyone say, Paul made... Say, the brethren with me. Now, it says this. It says, Paul made or called to be an apostle, meaning he came to Jesus Christ. And you know what? He kept the law. In fact, he says, I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. He said, I was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He says, I was circumcised on the eighth day. And get this, get this. He was going to persecute the church of Jesus Christ. But God knocked him off his donkey. How many of you need to be knocked off your donkey today? (laughs) And he said, who are you, Lord? He said, I am Jesus whom you persecute. He had a revelation of God, and he saw his righteousness did not come by doing, but by believing, and that God would make him righteous. Now, say this with me. Say, the brethren brethren. 
with me. Say it again. Give me one more. Okay, I, I want to just stop right now. There is no such thing, and I want to really say this. In the church today, just like back then, the reason why he was screaming, because someone got in the driver's seat that shouldn't have gotten in the driver's seat. Their name was Judaizers. And they began to go off the road and almost get into a car wreck with this new church. And this is the only letter that Paul writes to a number of churches. And this letter is for today. Please get me. And this word, brethren, is used in six chapters 11 times. And two times it says this, false brethren. False brethren. Now, brethren means phileo. They, they come and they've experienced God together and they have a love for one another. But these false brethren came in. Now, when he uses the word false brethren, he's not meaning bogus. He's not meaning phony. Have you ever heard that? The number one reason someone who's not really walking with God, if you will, they're in the driver's seat of this journey. We'll say, come to church. They go, oh, no, I don't want to come to church. It's filled with hypocrites. You know what I always tell them? How many of you ever heard that? That's the number one reason why people don't want to come today. It's filled with hypocrites. Go, oh, my gosh, come. You're going to be right at home. (laughs) Are you with me? Now, get this. I want you to hear this. False brethren does not mean phony, bogus, or fake. Please get it. It means they were authentic brethren. They actually had received Jesus Christ. We're made righteous by faith. Please get me. But what they were doing, they were presenting an image to these new believers, these non-Jewish believers in the Messiah. They were presenting an image to begin to use them for their advantage. And can I say, when you and I present one image, but we're feeling a different way, then it makes us appear to be false. Think of Judas Iscariot. Did he believe in Jesus? Was he one of the 12? Did he use Jesus for his own advantage? One of the greatest things that ever happened to me is that we helped pioneer this church 10 years ago. A lot of times people come to church and they say, well, what has the church done for me? Oh my God. Gosh, Paul corrects that in this letter. The church doesn't exist to serve you. You exist to serve the church. Jesus doesn't exist to serve me. I exist to serve Jesus. Isn't it funny? We come to the Lord. We're new in Christ. And we pray this one prayer. Lord, use me. Use me, Lord. And he starts using us. And a couple years into it, I feel used. Well, you prayed to be used. (laughs) Are you with me? Everyone say, the brethren with me. Say it again. Now, I I want you to know this, and we're going to be ending in a moment. There is no freedom without the brethren with you, the community. The area of freedom that I have in my life, and I have certain areas, and I want to ask this question. We're going to come to an end. There are areas I want to be free in. And there is no way to be free without others around me. Others reminding me that Christ is in the driver's seat. Are you with me? The brethren with me. Now, I want to stop. I'm going to invite the band. And we're going to be ending in just a moment. I think something that Paul is screaming at, and we could scream at today, and maybe we should say the word shout, because he got pretty intense and aggressive in this letter. And I think it's for... Maybe some people who I would call legalistic Baptists, that you have to do these three things, and if you don't do these four things, then you may not be saved. It could be for really what I call a hardcore Catholic. If you don't do the rosary, if you don't give to Mary, if you don't light a candle, you may be in jeopardy of losing your salvation. 
I want to talk to a group of people in our community today. And maybe we believe in Christ, but yet we've come and it's called retribution theology. God, I gave. God, I prayed. God, I did all these things. Where are you? God, you have not been faithful. I remember hearing a leader, a national leader once says, God has to heal me. He had cancer. God has to heal me because I have given to churches. I have supported missionaries. And I remember when he said that, I thought, up, who bewitched you? Who came in by stealth, spied out your journey, and got you to get back into the driver's seat? Salvation is not initiated on what I have done. It is initiated on who Jesus Christ is and what he has done. Come on. And I love what Paul says in Galatians chapter 3. He said, tell me, did you receive the spirit through the working of the law or self-effort? Because you gave to a missionary? Because you tithed and you prayed? That's called retribution theology. I obey, he has to bless me. I obey, he has to bless me. Come on! I used to believe that. And then when I injured my foot, God, where were you? When Becky was diagnosed, God, where were you? That is what Paul is coming about. And you know what? You find yourself losing your freedom because your righteousness and my righteousness is based on my performance. Yeah. And Paul's saying, hey, did you receive the Spirit through self-effort in the working of the law or through the, get this, the hearing of faith? He said, tell me, he who supplies the Spirit and get this, in the working of miracles. I want to stop right here. You know what? You know what? I believe God is saying to you today, the next 10 years of your life are going to be a parade of miracles. You're going to begin to bore the women of this church. You're going to begin to say, and this worked out, and that worked out, and this worked out, and that was a miracle, and this was a miracle. And they're going to say, tell us your secret. And you know what you're going to say? No, I wasn't in the driver's seat. He is in the driver's seat. He was driving. I just trusted him. Come on. Are you with me? So say this with me. Say, I I am free. free. I'm free at last. Oh, guess what you're being free from? Not America, not politics, vaccine or no vaccine. We are being free from sin and being in the driver's seat that we are made righteous, that we have people with us who are authentic, helping and reminding us, helping us and reminding us. Everyone say grace and peace. peace. Say it again. Say it one more time. Okay, write this down. You know what grace is? Grace means life is a gift. Someone very, very close to me. Man, this really upsets me. How many of you know someone? They start off on a journey and they're driving like Becky did. and They fall asleep. They forget to take the gospel pill. They had 106 days of sobriety. And Friday, I tried to FaceTime them four times and call them five times, and they never answered. And I had that sickening feeling in the pit of my stomach. I thought, oh, they're going off a cliff again. And you know what? 
God is so sovereign and he's made us with a will to drive that car off a cliff anytime we want. They just went back into a rehab and we'll start once again. And so I left them voicemail after voicemail text saying, I love you and I am with you. And I believe God is going to drive us into a true harbor of safety. Now, I want you to get this. Life is a gift. Life is a gift. As long as I have breath, as they sing, I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to praise the Lord. Now, get this. Life is peace. You know what? Peace, grace and peace. Life is a whole. I see this, especially in L.A. and Ventura and successful people. And some people that may not be successful as far as the standards of our culture. They experience success in one area of their life at the expense of another. They could be very successful financially, their career, I don't know, maybe even in their Bible study, but their family's not successful. Can I say, Paul is saying, number one, I'm made. Number two, the brethren with me. How does he end that introduction? Grace and peace. Grace is that life is a gift. Never forget that. Never forget God gave us life. Number two, we should live life as a whole. I want to be free in every area of my life. And how does Galatians 5 and 6 go? You can live life by your own strength, by putting yourself in the driver's seat, or you can live life by the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit, and if you know it, say it with me, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such things there is no law and that's where freedom is expressed come on, yeah, come on. And this is where we end the day i love chapter six you know how it opens up everyone say free to think free to live free to create free to express free to fail you see, when you have retribution theology and you come from like this word faith background, when you fail and something wrong or bad happens, you think it's your fault. But can I say, I love what Paul said, you who are spiritual, if you see a brother in a transgression, you who are spiritual, restore them gently, considering you're probably going to make a wrong turn. And MapQuest is going to say, make a legal U-turn, and that is called repentance. Come on. Can you say amen? Okay, stand up, everybody. My gosh, stand up. The guy's coming. He's going to take this from me, and this is, this is good. Stand up with me. How many of you would say, and I'm going to raise my hand, there is an area of my life. Actually, I think there are more than two areas of my life. I want to be free. And freedom is not doing whatever I want, when I want, how I want. I want to be free in my emotions. One time someone really made me upset and I told him, you make me so angry. You make me so angry. And I, I can't even control myself right now. I'm so angry at you. And this is before cell phones, the landline rang and it was my pastor. You go, oh, God bless you, pastor. And the Lord said, isn't it amazing how you controlled yourself? 
He said, you only lose control when you think you're better than the person you're going off on. He said, if I was really in the driver's seat, you're not, if you would stop trying to make yourself righteous and yield your life to me, and know that I've already made you righteous, you would have control. He said, when you're out of the control, the devil's in control, let me be in control of your life. Come on, are you with me? How many of you would say today, I have an area in my life I want freedom in the next four weeks. I want you to raise your hand. I'm raising mine. Come on. Put your hand down. I want to ask this other question. How many of you, like my friend, like myself, had what I call a retribution theology? God, I did this, I did this, I did this. Now you deserve. And you feel like God let you down. Am I the only one who's ever done that? Raise your hand if that's you. Come on. That's what Paul's getting angry over. You know what that type of thing will do? Like Becky falling asleep, he'll put you to sleep at the wheel. And you wake up and you crash and burn because salvation didn't start with us. It's not going to end with us. It doesn't continue with us. Are you with me? All right. Now, in a moment, I'm going to count to three. The worst experiment, and they're doing it right now in the nation. They're doing it all over in schools. They're doing it in our nation's capital. It doesn't matter where we live. Once again, people are trying to experiment having life apart from God. And that is a destructive lifestyle that will lead to attacking, destroying, diminishing our destiny and capacity for freedom. But if you would be willing today, online and here, to say, I want to yet let Jesus Christ drive my life. I want him to be in the driver's seat. I want to make him the Lord of my life, not just believing. I'm going to make him number one, and I'm going to be made right. I am going to be made right by him. No, this is a test. I let someone who had just this wretched past. Good God, I had a wretched past. And I said, if you died today, he had accepted Christ. Would you be, think you'd be more righteous when you stand before him? He said, yeah. I said, no, wrong answer. When you accept Jesus Christ, you become righteous and you will never be more righteous than you are right now because of him. Because righteousness isn't of you, it's of God. So I'm going to count to three. And if you're saying, I want that righteousness, I want to make Jesus Christ number one in my life. If that is you, when I count to three, I want you to put your hand up. And you're just simply responding to God, all right? You're saying, God, you're going to take over control in my life. Don't buy into the lie of the dictionary that freedom is doing what you want, how you want, when you want. It is not. It's yielding our lives to Jesus Christ. I'm going to count to three. And when I do, you're saying, I want to make Jesus Christ Lord. You're going to raise your hand. Number one, you're going to lift it up. Number two, three, right now, you're making him Lord of your life. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you in the back. Thank you in the back. Thank you in the back. Thank you over there. Come on. Stop. Shout, cheer in Jesus' name. Woo! Come on. Now, everyone say this. Say, Lord, I believe in my heart that you died for me to rescue me from the power of this present evil age. And that power is sin. And you now have rescued me, delivered me, made me free. I am free. I am free at last. I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead 
and I am now righteous. Say it again. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. In Jesus' name, let's worship. We so appreciate you spending time with us. If you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California, you can go to our website, citychurchca.com, and click Give. Thanks again, and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday.